0: Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly, and tonight I'm talking to Jenny Gwizdowski, who's the director and founder of the London Bike Kitchen. She's also a podcaster. She's this amazing person in women's cycling. If you listened to the recent Women's Hour, all about women's cycling, you'd have heard it being set at the London Bike Kitchen, and you'd have seen Jenny teach people to change a puncture uh, on it. Um, Jenny, Hello! Hi. (laughs) Jenny, for people who don't know, can you explain what the London Bike Kitchen is?
1: Sure. Um, The London Bike Kitchen is a, we say it's a do-it-together bike workshop rather than do-it-yourself because Mm. our goal is to teach you how to fix your own bicycle. And we do this through classes and drop-in sessions. And we also run a women and gender variant night, our WAG night. And again, like the end goal is that if you know more about your bicycle, then you're more likely to ride it. You're not going to be afraid of it. You don't think it's this magical piece of metal that just (laughs) works. Um, And and if anything goes wrong, then you're like, all right, I understand what's going wrong. I I can either I know how to fix it or I know how to ask someone else to fix it. Um, So it makes going to bike shops less intimidating as well yeah i think that's it i think
0: that's it i've been to the london bike kitchen and for people who don't know it's a it's a kind of one room shop in hoxton in london yeah where you've where there's tons and tons of tools and workspaces and it was really interesting just sitting around in there actually the number of people just kind of popping in to do really really varied things but what what's like an average day like there i
1: don't think there's such thing as a <laughs> typical day we have a lot of tools but we d- actually don't have a lot of space mm-hmm. so we're restricted to four workstands. stands um, but we do have a wonderful enzymatic parts washer so we highly encourage people to clean their drivetrain because it's one of the best things you can do to take care of your bike um, so there's a lot of cleaning going on uh, unfortunately people often ignore the sounds that their bike is making so I really want to do a class. I do a, a session at our wag night called the Bike Whisperer, <laughs> where you have to listen to the sounds your bike is making because those—that's your bike talking to you and telling you what's wrong. And from those sounds, you can kind of decipher: oh, is something loose? Does something need to be lubricated? And then those issues should be addressed because a quiet bike is a happy bike. So a lot of it is just working to get your bike to shut up. But that can be multiple reasons why that's happening. So there is no typical day um, at LBK. In, in fact, sometimes we say things come in threes. So often if one person comes in and they have to remove their cranks or their bottom bracket and someone else comes in and does it, we're waiting for the third person <laughs> to come in. I, I don't think it's the bite gods or anything. It's just this funny chance.
0: Yeah, because you had like a real interesting range of people coming in, like uh, when well, just in the time I was there, like, you know, can you change my kid's bike tire? Can I get a pannier holder to go on my mountain bike? That kind of thing. Um, yeah. Through to kind of, I don't know what's going on here. And and it was interesting seeing your interactions because I guess it's you're dealing with a massive range of people, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Um, the neighbourhood's pretty diverse and unfortunately is a an area where that's getting massively gentrified Mm. but we try to keep our prices low and affordable for anyone to be able to come in and either work on their bike and or uh, if we work on it because we also do repairs now um we have to diversify our income streams yeah i think it just comes with comes with the territory i mean that's london right like the london is a bunch of diverse and interesting people but we're here to help people with their bicycles so no matter what your background we want people to come in and learn about their bikes
0: and when when i heard, first heard about your place the words trendy hoxton huh. were attached to you a little bit and i was a bit surprised because you're not in what i imagine as trendy you know you're not in the kind of trendy part of town you're no. you're, you're, you're very much you know surrounded by estates in that very london-y way that there's some wealthy areas down the road but You seem to be in the heart of a kind of traditional East London community almost.
1: Yeah, we are actually. We're on the New Era estate which was built in the 1930s. It was the site of a bit of a showdown in, I think it was 2013 um, when the building was sold to real estate developers and we were given eviction notices and then Russell Brand got involved and there was a big campaign to saved the estate and um, ended up getting it resold to a social landlord and so we didn't have to move out anymore Um, so thank you Russell for that (laughs) Uh, but yeah the estate is, everyone's super local Um, it's really nice chatting with some of them because there's one guy Gary who's been there since before the war, like he remembers playing in the, the bombed out areas as a kid and he shows me pictures of his bike and yeah it's it's a really nice area in terms of just like really nice people like everyone's really genuine and Mm. I mean trendy Hoxton is around the corner and it's something I'm very mindful of because of gentrification like there's nothing wrong with um regeneration and community yeah. building but it's when you leave those people behind when you hike up rent rents by like 400 yeah. percent. that's just wrong yeah you know and and i think we have to actively fight that and i wish more businesses did
0: yeah 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 i mean we have that in all over britain but the idea yeah of, um, yeah um uh, cleansing out the uh the, yeah. the, the, the undesirables in inverted commas so that you can rent to students and hippies you know um, and yeah. hipsters and yeah. it is just is is a kind of especially especially hoxtonian issue right now isn't it yeah
1: but like you said it's happening everywhere yeah around the world really
0: yeah can you tell us a little bit about your backgrounds because you weren't a bike mechanic before you started were you
1: no, not at all. Um, I grew up in San Diego in California and went to Berkeley in Northern California mm-hmm. and uh, started working at an after-school program my sophomore year called the Making Waves Foundation. That's the first job I ever held that like, stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Like, prior to that, I was just working retail. Um, and I hated it. It was really soulless. And then started tutoring middle school kids. And it was really fun. It was hard work. But I really enjoyed it. I started to get more involved with that program. And after I graduated, I went and worked there full time. And then um, decided... Well, I uh, at the time, was also in a really terrible, terrible... A relationship that was emotionally abusive and I was like the only I knew that I knew it was wrong but for some reason I couldn't get out
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I realized the only way I was going to get out of it is if I left the country so wow. uh, I applied for the jet program and moved to Japan I got in and uh, ended up teaching and that's in inverted commas as well teaching English in Japan for three years which is um amazing. It was a life-changing experience, not just because of living in Japan, but like all the people I met who were also in that program were from around the world. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started traveling and got the travel bug. And um, when my contract was up, I was like, I don't want to go back to the States because George Bush was president at the time. And uh, Poland had just joined the EU, and my boyfriend at the time was English, so I thought, let's move to Europe. <laughs> and yep. so I did, and so got a job working at an environmental charity, doing their marketing. Uh, started off like assistant comms, and uh, really cut my teeth. My boss at the time, Hannah, was amazing. She taught me to be a, a better writer, and I got really into social media as well Mm -hmm. like I signed up to Twitter and started to just really understand kind of the mechanics behind marketing and how to create a brand that um, resonates with people and how to write a good newsletter and so I took these skills and um, that job allowed me to get a bike like a proper bike Mm -hmm. uh, a road bike from Brixton Cycles actually it was the Le Monde And that's when I like properly started cycling. So I I drove all the time in California. You just drive. yeah. Um, And then when I got to Japan, I was like, oh, I'll get a scooter. It'll be really fun to zip around, you know. And then my school gave me a bicycle and I was like, what is this piece of shit? Like (laughs) it was a hunk of metal. Like it's called a mamachari, which stands for mama chariot, Oh, I've because, seen one. Yeah, and it's like the moms in Japan just stick their kids and their groceries mm. on it and they ride around town and you can ride around anywhere. You ride on the pavement, yeah. ride on the street. There's no problems. And I had that and it was just reignited this uh, relationship with the bicycle. And I was like, this is great. It turns a 20-minute walk into a five-minute bike ride. Mm. And, and Japan's really safe for cycling. Oh wow! And um, yeah, you can you can bike any like people are really polite and respectful, and you don't have to have this infrastructure. It's just it's all in people's heads. Wow!
0: Um, it's the opposite of London then.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like. On one hand, on the other hand, we don't need this infrastructure. We just need people's attitudes to change. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because people people <laughs> say about London, oh well, you know, it's because our streets are narrow, so we can't have bike mm, lanes. Yeah, no, but, but Japan, but Tokyo streets Japan for example, are narrower is, than anything. Are that yeah, much narrower.
1: Yeah, and people are just really polite. But anyway, so uh, I got my new road bike here, and then I started. I got the the cycling bug and bought a bike frame at a jumble and I was like this is my new year's resolution I'm going to build this up into a bike and I had no, I had no idea what to do I I couldn't I could only fix a puncture I could maybe change my brake pads that was about it mm-hmm. and I just really wanted to build up this bicycle and people were like oh yeah just you know start with the wheels or you know maybe you should get a bottom bracket first or and i was just like i don't even know what these things are <laughs> why isn't there a class like i just want to take a class and so uh my one of my flatmates at the time was also from california a uh, recent transplant and she's like do you have a bike kitchen here and i was like no what's that and um, bike kitchens are found all over the country uh in the us and also around the world now um they're mostly volunteer run projects that are uh, bicycle libraries. You can use the tools and work on your bike. Um, there's all different structures and uh, business models for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, uh, well, I'll set one up here. Which wow. is <laughs> really naive. And I spent a year, like, searching for uh, an empty shop front, searching. And, and, applied for funding and got lucky with the funding from London cycling campaign I got five grand for tools and then I was like oh shit I don't even have a property I don't have a place to do it what am I gonna do like I have to do this now and lucked out with the space we have now it's it was on my daily commute it's on Whitmore Road which is uh, very close to the canal and there's about 10 shopfronts and half of them were closed and I managed to find the landlord because they didn't want to be found yeah. and just pit- pitched them my idea. And they said, yeah, that's great. Um, all right, here's a contract. And I was like, all right, cool. And, um, just right place, right time, I think right idea. And it slowly grew it's it's a very foreign idea, I think, um, for people here. I think Americans are a lot more open to DIY. Mm-hmm. It's a, probably a cultural thing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. here, pe- here people were like, "Why would I pay you so that I can fix my bike?" And I'm like, "No, you don't get it. Like, it's not about the fixing. It's about the education. It's about what you're learning." Again, it's not for everyone. It's for you get a certain type of person that's just really into hands-on learning and the, those are our people <laughs> but
0: that, it's so exciting though because it's not like just oh right here's some tools get to it or the you know the kind of people who take your bike away and you never know whether you're being patched you know you obviously you're being patronized quite a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've been yeah, anyway that happens
1: yeah and
0: it's it's that kind of ability to empower people into cycling is yeah it, I, I admire it so much
1: Well, part of it was necessity, right? Like uh, our workshop is so small that we had to focus on what would make us different. You know, why would people come to us? And it's about the service that we provide, the level of education that we give people rather than kind of in a lot of the US ones, their spaces are, they have warehouses, like huge spaces and it's beautiful, but people are often left to their own devices where whereas here it's like all right this is this space is kind of precious we have to make sure people are um, maximizing their time here and learning as much as possible yeah um, so yeah we really focus on the engagement that we have with people with students and it, it's been working it's not easy but it's been working
0: wow so, so how long have you been running then
1: five years five years and you,
0: and you yeah and you you're kind of you said you were diversifying so you also do uh you know standard repairs
1: yeah so we did a crowd fund last year to pay for the startup costs uh for a second workshop space mm-hmm. so our landlord offered us a second shop front on the same parade yeah um The crowdfund was really difficult to do. I did it on my own. I would never recommend that to anyone. Um, Always get a team of people if you're going to do a crowdfund. And I, of course, underestimated the costs of what was going to happen. I think as we um, started, as we got access to the property, we realized that uh, I had underestimated the quality of the shopfront itself. Mm -hmm. and that it was gonna have to get torn down and a new one was gonna have to be built which basically ate up all our costs Wow! so there was there were a lot of like stops and starts and like also I was like going through a breakup and then like depression and like all this stuff and it was yeah loads of uh obstacles happening at during the course of the past year uh, but s- lots of good things have come of it as well and I've recruited a new workshop manager and we've got a new bookkeeper volunteer and those are my weaknesses and I'm, I'm like now is the time I think we have to go into debt so we're going to be applying for a business loan and uh, I've made peace with having debt like this whole time I've never gone into debt for anything and haven't really gotten any grants either. It was just kind of the first grant.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's bad time for grants, isn't it? The last uh, five, ten years, you know, the last five yeah. years has changed. The, the, the landscape's changed a lot, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That said I did just get um, a grant from the school of social entrepreneurs so I was accepted onto their trade-up program, which is actually perfect timing because the program is focused on how to transition from being like a single, sole startup enterprise into something that's uh, more sustainable, and that's exactly what I want to happen right now. Oh, because I don't want I don't want this business to depend on me.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So very quickly you've got the women in gender variant nights um yeah. what was the what's the background for that and and can i say i absolutely adore that you make it explicit that you've that you put gender gender variants up there as well like i love <laughs> um, that
1: yeah it's kind of educating people in a way i think by making it really explicit yeah um so i when i set up bike kitchen i knew i wanted to do a women's night um but i wasn't sure how to do it there's quite a few in the States in these same bike kitchen spaces. So there's like WTF, like women, trans, femme spaces or um, women in trans spaces. And then I um, posted a blog entry on someone else's um, website. I think it was Broken Spoke. And me and Ellie uh, from Broken Spoke Bike Co-op, we run really similar enterprises, but she's in Oxford. And we kind of we really helped each other out during the beginning, and we're still friends now. Um, and she had posted a blog about us, and a mechanic in London got in touch with me named Fen, and Fen said, "I really want to help you set up a women's night." And I said, "Yes, like I need volunteers. I need people to take ownership." And so Fen came up with the name Women and Gender Variant um, because Fen was also gender variant, and. Uh, did like a survey of their friends to see which term would be the most kind of because um, like genderqueer is great but I think is could be alienating yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. like mainstream yeah. culture people yeah, yeah no, exa- <laughs> um, I, know, I know
0: exactly what you mean
1: yeah, yeah and and so we thought uh, well they thought like gender variant is a lot more just kind of neutral and but it still does what it says on the tin yeah
0: yeah
1: and, and um, acronym as well and the acronym the joke was the take on wag yeah the wives and girlfriends thing and it's like well let's make it women and gender variant so the thing is i feel like we still have to make it really explicit that it stands for women and gender variant and not wives and girlfriends because i it just kind of makes me feel ill thinking that someone might mistake that mm-hmm. But also, it's a very British thing. Like, if you said "wag" to anyone in the U.S., they'd probably think "dog." Yeah. Like tail wag. Um, and actually, we have a um, we have an event called Wagfest, which is our a uh, woman and gender variant bike festival, and we do it once a year. And there is, we can't use the hashtag Wagfest because that's already been taken by a dog festival in like Ohio. <laughs> We have to put like hashtag LBK Wagfest. <laughs> <laughs> You're like oh they got there first oh but but
0: at least you're at least you're checking because it, when I look I deal a lot with races and sometimes you look at races and teams using their hashtag and you're like you haven't looked at this first yeah <laughs> like you
1: don't know what this actually you know this yeah. is more widely known as something else yeah,
0: or your or your acronym is some terrible I like yeah. or something you know <laughs> <laughs> something you just don't want to look up. <laughs> Uh, so you have the wag nights you have wag fest and can anyone go is is wag fest um is that is that's it looks amazing when when's the next one
1: um next one's going to be in september october Mm -hmm. time um we haven't set the date yet it's usually in the fall early fall yeah um so wag is we've never turned anyone away but no cis male gendered people have come yeah. anyways so we've not had that problem yeah. um that said if any like i said um if anyone came wouldn't turn them away um but let them know like this evening is aimed at women and gender variant people yeah. um our wag fest is open to everyone so it's just a women and gender variant led event yeah. but it's for anyone, any gender to come. In fact, we welcome cisgendered men to come. We want more men to come to these yeah. events so that they can be also be exposed to environments where, you know, all these amazing people have come together who are not generally represented in mainstream cycling. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah so last question very quickly you've just started mm-hmm. podcasting recently oh, i was on, yes. i was on jenny's podcast it was you very were. exciting
1: one um, of our first episodes
0: <laughs> with um alex davis who works at look Mum no hands uh yes. and your podcast is called the wheel suckers podcast yes what why why did you start i mean obviously i love podcasting but what, <laughs> but what made you what made you guys start and can you just say very briefly what the podcast is about
1: we just thought because everyone else is doing podcasts, let's do one too. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good enough reason. It was after Wagfest last year. Me and Alex and Danielle from Casquette and Naomi from the cycling store were having a drink afterwards, and we were joking because we're all kind of entrepreneurs. We're all doing like side jobs and like working on two or three projects at the same time and. We thought, like, let's do a podcast called Drunk Entrepreneur. And we were drunk. And then the next day when I thought about it, I was like, that was really funny at the time. But I don't think anyone wants to listen to four drunk women because it wouldn't be funny. But then I thought I'd be open to the idea of podcasting just in general. I think me and Alex just kept talking about it. And we kept asking other people to join us. And then we realized no one really wanted to do it except for us. So we were like, let's do it. And we need a name. And I can't remember. I think our first, the first working title name was like Winos on Wheels or something like that. So the acronym would be WOW. Um, But then we thought, well, we don't really want to do too much with alcohol. So, I and I think it just kind of popped into our heads and then it stuck. And it was like, well, this must be Good because I can't find anything wrong with it. It's kind of funny. It's a silly name. It it doesn't have very good connotations, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's more because it's a silly name.
0: Yeah, it's funny, and it's you two talking about your lives as women in the bike world and Yeah, yeah, stuff that you're thinking about.
1: Yeah, it it initially started off with just me and Alex just chatting, chatting shit back and forth and then we started to get a bit more um into actually interviewing people Mm -hmm. we've only done i think six episodes now but they're really fun to do we just interviewed um karen hartley yeah and that that podcast is coming out tomorrow
0: she's a bike frame maker isn't she
1: yes yeah she builds frames she's a good friend of mine but yeah i think the idea is that um between me and alex we like know lots of bike industry people and we like to have a fun time and make jokes and so we yeah we just really enjoy doing this podcasting business
0: oh it's awesome and you've got a book in the works i do (laughs) (laughs) what's your book about and when's it out
1: um it's a book called how to build a bike they say write what you know so
0: yeah
1: yeah um and it's out in october october 5th Wow. Um and yeah, that was a really difficult experience as well. Um but re- I oh, I think it's over. I think it's finished. So congratulations. <laughs> I'm I'm very relieved. Thank you. Um I'm kind of on the back burner toying with like oh, maybe I could write another one, but I need <laughs> some space. I need some space. It's a really it's a how-to manual you know and we had we had five photo shoots in the middle of winter in this freezing cold or empty workshop it was so cold (laughs) I'm so paranoid about writing something that's not widely accepted as um proper maintenance maintenance not really maintenance but um bike building etiquette um technique I'm highly aware of the trolls out there like the bike people that have nothing better to do but critique other people's technique and
0: but I mean you you can't you can't stop them anyway
1: that's true I, I need to make peace I think I've mostly made peace with it but what helped was I got the book technically edited by two other mechanics yeah um Megan Somerville and Ellie Smith so and they're all they're both very anal about <laughs> their bike maintenance so yeah, yeah one of them megan's an, actually a, a trainer so she she trains people and certifies them to become mechanics so i trust her
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the thing about the trials is i mean there was someone who made a comment about the women's hour thing going, oh my god why is it called the london bike kitchen is that because women just should stay in the kitchen?" which was the stupidest (laughs) thing. When was that? That was on Twitter. It was one of the Twitter comments at the time. And it was the stupidest (laughs) thing I'd ever read because like, uh, like, what are you even talking about? Like, of course, an organisation run by a woman teaching people, but especially having a focus on women teaching bites. of course it's not about women should stay in the
1: kitchen wow i'm i can't believe i missed that oh you could probably like,
0: find it it was I'm, like no twist. i'm
1: okay like, i'm cool <laughs> i don't need to find that i don't know
0: it's That's... the sort of thing that you think about replying to before you go oh fuck it it's probably like, just someone what? who trolls the woman's hour Hashtag yeah it's someone who trolls that who trolls woman's hour like like
1: i'd I'd send him the gif of that that guy blinking, you know, the blinking (laughs) dude gif, be like, what?
0: (laughs) So, I've taken up loads of your time tonight, and thank you so much. Oh, no worries. If people want to... Thank you for having me. I just, I love love your
1: work, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) I love your work. I even... Made a second attempt to to look at um, women's pro cycling, but it, again, like <laughs>
0: it hasn't taken.
1: It didn't. It didn't work. I, I think it's really hard to find it. Like, yeah, I'm no, like, no, why can't I just be on the radio? Like I'll just turn it on. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you need Wi-Fi and blah blah blah. No, I know. Yeah. I know. But if people want to find you, the London Bike Kitchen is lbk.org.uk. Yeah. And if people want to donate to the London Bike Kitchen, if you like the work of, that Jenny's doing, then there's a donation button there because oh my yes. god, it's just great. And <laughs> you're also on Twitter um, yes. as at Ldn Bike Kitchen,
1: and Instagram,
0: and Instagram, and yep. and,
1: the, and Facebook,
0: and the London Bike Kitchen LBK Wag has its own, has its own Twitter. And yes, we've
1: branched out.
0: <laughs> i must follow it actually and if people want to find your podcast where do they find that
1: we are on both soundcloud and itunes um, and our episodes are nice and short they're about 30 35 minutes long so we yeah. won't take too much of your time <laughs> <laughs> so
0: if this, for anyone who listens to my podcast this is legit 30 to 35 minutes none of mine are like, oh yeah it's five hours um and if they want to find you personally where do, where are you
1: Um, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at money underscore melon (laughs) money melon
0: Money melons, so yeah. definitely check them out if you're in London and you want to learn how to fix bikes. Um, that's exactly where to go. Um, if you're anywhere else, when you are in trendy Hoxton, <laughs> then,
1: or not, if you want to escape trendy Hoxton? Yeah, come to our workshop.
0: Come to their workshop, and yeah, make sure you follow. Make sure, absolutely make sure you listen to Jenny and Alex because they're so fantastic and awesome. And thank hope, you. And yeah, and buy Jenny's book and go to <laughs> go to Wagfest in the autumn yeah <laughs>
1: cool thank you sarah Oh,
0: thank you so much and mad
1: mad good luck in the future thank you i'm gonna need it
0: if you want to find the links to everything we talked about today go to my site www.prowomenscycling.com where you'll find everything that you need big thanks to my patreon supporters who fund me to do this kind of women's cycling work i appreciate you more than you know